Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Holy is the Lord, worthy is the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, eternal, unchanging, and the one in whom we put our trust. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for our church family. We praise you, Lord, for every person who calls this place home, for the children in MPK, for the teenagers at at Keystone, for the elderly folk, Lord, who are joining us online, for those who are gathered here this morning. We gather, Lord, as your people. We pray, Lord, you'd give us an increased hunger for you, a hunger for your word. Do a deeper work in us. Draw us deeper into yourself and teach us this morning, Lord, more about what it means to walk in step with your spirit in those unforced rhythms of grace. Guide us and teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you again to our team. And uh, yes, good morning. Uh, Welcome to another installment of our series on spiritual rhythm. And uh, again, a welcome to those uh, joining us online from all over the place. It's great to have you with us. Today, um, our emphasis is on this idea of abiding. What does it mean to abide in Christ? So um, let me start with this first image. Uh, When it comes to swimming or bathing, whether it be in a pool or in the ocean, uh, there are different levels of commitment, aren't there? So if you're sitting on the edge of the pool with your feet dangling in the water, um, are you in the water or not? Well, not really, you're not really in the water. Um, your commitment's not that great. And likewise, if you're standing in the surf like this with your, just your feet in the water, you're not really in the water. Not fully. You sort of are, but not fully. Then by contrast, you get the person who dives headlong into a pool or uh, you know, those people that just run into the surf and just dive headlong into the surf. Uh, that person is fully in. Now, when it comes to the Christian faith, as you read the New Testament, you quickly discover that genuine faith is not something that you can half-heartedly dangle your feet in or skirt around the edges of. When it comes to the Christian faith, you are either in, fully in, or you are not in. And so on the Day of Judgment, there will be a clear delineation between those who are in and those who are not in. In other words, the Christian faith is a fully immersive experience, not something in which I dabble. In the letter to the Philippians, uh, probably one of my favorite books of the Bible, there's a phrase that Paul uses 18 times actually, and it's this phrase, in Christ, or in the Lord. Here's a little summary of those uses just from Philippians. We are saints in Christ. We are confident in Christ. We are called heavenward in Christ. We stand firm in Christ. 
We rejoice in him. We hope in him. We agree in him. We glory in him. We are found in him. We are guarded heart and mind in him. We have our needs met in him and we welcome others in him. Wow. It's almost as though that for, for Paul, everything he is and does and wants to be revolves around this idea of being in, being in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but my challenge is that I then look at my own life and my faith, and uh, you know, I'm not sure that I can honestly say I've arrived at that point. I love the, uh, the concept, I love the idea, I love the theory of it, but if I'm honest, much of my confidence and my rejoicing and my hope and my agreeableness and my efforts to stand firm, uh, my attempts to guard my heart and mind, much of that in reality is in something other than Christ. I agree in things going my way. I rejoice in my good health. I'm confident in my own ability. I, I manage my life. I hope in the strength of the local economy. I guard my heart and mind in the maintenance of carefully managed boundaries as I organize my own life. And the extent to which these things rest on something other than Christ is the extent to which they are precarious. And so my health could fail without warning. Some of you know a thing or two about that. Things often don't go my way or the way I expect. The economy is shaky. My boundaries shift beyond my control and foundations that seemed firm can quickly become unstable, can't they? And so we discover that life is fragile and too easily becomes precarious and in the face of that instability I find myself lapsing into the very thing that in Philippians Paul wants to spare me from and that is anxiety. I become anxious about everything where Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. And so, the deep and simple answer to all of life, the deep and simple answer to all of life, lies here in this phrase, in Christ. And in this understanding of what it means to abide in Christ, there's a spiritual rhythm of restfulness and peace that's only discovered through abiding in Christ. We have a simple reading this morning, it's fairly brief, just John 15, 5 to 8. And these are the words of Jesus who says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. According to Ephesians 2.8, we are saved by grace through faith. 
one of the great tenets of the Reformation. And so the idea, we understand that our salvation is a free gift from God and there's nothing we can do to earn it is a strongly accurate biblical truth, right? We're saved by grace, through faith. But the idea that therefore we are to do nothing or that there is nothing for us to do is not accurate at all. We're not contributors towards our salvation, but in a very real sense, we are certainly active participators in it. And so the New Testament knows nothing of a faith that is inactive. It's only active faith that bears good fruit, fruit that lasts, and that good fruit is found only through our abiding in Christ or life in the Spirit that involves alignment of my thoughts and my words and my actions with the heart of Jesus. And it's that alignment, that degree to which I'm living, remaining and abiding in Christ that produces fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, another fruit, fruit that lasts. So this morning I'm gonna just share with you three characteristics of a life lived abiding in Christ. And uh, the first of those is what I've labeled as tenacious dependence. You know, um, as a result of the fall, we all have a natural inclination to do what is not right. And so if you see a sign like this next sign, that says wet paint, keep off. It's a very simple instruction, isn't it? But immediately, something in your brain goes, well, that paint doesn't look wet. Maybe it's an old sign. Well, there's only one way to find out. Oh no, it is wet after all. (laughs) Wet paint. And that fallenness in our nature, that wrestle, is still there after we come to Christ. So we point our compass at the true north of the cross of Jesus, if you like. But then if we're not tenacious in our dependence upon him, left to our own devices, we begin to drift away from that true north. There's a natural drift away towards things that are not right. We drift in ungodly directions. Uh, In the news this week was the story of uh, the Australian fisherman, Tim Shaddock. I think we've got a picture of him there with his dog, Bella. Not sure if you picked up this story, but they were picked up off the coast of Mexico after two months, two months if you don't mind, adrift in the Pacific Ocean. So they set sail from Mexico to French Polynesia in April, but then a few weeks into the journey, a bad storm destroyed their electronic navigation system. And so they'd, had, they'd set their course, but they lost their navigation system. And so uh, this guy and Bella the dog, they began to drift. And before they knew it, they were lost, actually. They were just adrift, lost at sea. And uh, very lucky, actually, to be spotted by a local helicopter. But it's a picture of what happens to so many people in life. See, not only do we have this natural tendency to drift off that center of Christ, but we also face various severe storms of life that threaten to throw us off course altogether. So you can be cruising along quite comfortably and faithfully in your walk with God, but then along comes a storm 
in the form of the death of a loved one or a serious health like cancer diagnosis or a relational breakdown or some kind of crisis in your family or in your life and then all of a sudden your navigational system has been destroyed and this is what you discover, disappointment produces drift. And so people become disappointed in God actually. And then they find that they just begin to drift. And life begins to drift off that, that center of Jesus and the cross of Christ and before you know it, you're completely adrift and lost at sea. See, what the storm reveals is the degree to which my faith is in Christ, which is an unshakable foundation, right? Unshakable. If I'm truly in Christ and my faith is truly in Christ, that is an unshakable foundation. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Eternally unshakable. Or I discover that actually my faith is in something else. My faith is in things going my way. My faith is in a favorable outcome to my prayer. Lord, you do this for me, then I'll trust in you. If you don't do this, well, I'm not sure if I can trust you anymore. Those are unstable, shaky foundations that are quickly destroyed by a storm. And suddenly we find ourselves apart from Christ. And Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. By contrast, Paul says, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. In Christ, I can face all sorts of hardships and challenges and storms and even bear fruit as a result of them. That's a miracle. And so, I need to nurture this tenacious dependence upon him in all the seasons of life. The first key characteristic of a life lived abiding in Christ. The second is deep rootedness. Tenacious dependence, deep rootedness. When Margie and I walk around by the river uh, near where we live, there's this one tree in particular that I reckon Margie comments on nearly every time and she'll say something like, I love that tree, I I just love it. Look, it's just beautiful. Uh, And it is. Uh, I took a picture of it the other morning, uh, afternoon, late afternoon this was. Uh, There it is, planted right by the river in good healthy soil, a clear example of deep rootedness that grows sturdy branches that bear fruit that lasts. You know, there are people in this church who are like this tree, and it's a thing of great beauty. These are people whose roots of faith go deep into Christ, they abide in him, they remain in him, they have remained in him over many, many years, even through some pretty severe storms in their own personal lives and in this church, by the way. These are people who are always here, rain, hail or shine, they rarely complain, they always have a word of encouragement, they're prayerful, they come early to help, they put up their hands to be on the menial, unglamorous rosters, they're always thankful for something, these people. This is one of the benefits of being a pastor in the same church for a long time, 
is you get to see and know and love these people who are like this tree. Their roots go deep into the love of Christ. And here at Mount Pleasant, let me tell you, there are lots of them. Paul describes them well when he writes to the Colossians, if we can put that next scripture up, Ed. Uh, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. My encouragement to you is to be one of these people, to be a person like that. In fact, let's do something quickly. Can I ask, if you've been here in this church, Mount Pleasant Baptist, for longer than I have, that means you were here pre-1996. Would you just stand where you are for just a moment? Pre-1996, where are you? Wow, look at them all. Just remain standing. I know you don't want to. Remain standing, but let me tell you, deep-rootedness grows sturdy branches that bear fruit that lasts. (sighs) Remain standing. (laughs) I probably haven't said this enough over the years, but thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to God into this church. Thank you for your tenacious dependence on Christ through the various storms that no doubt have rocked your boat and in some cases I know continue to rock your boat. But you are an inspiration and an encouragement. Thank you. Please be seated. Tenacious dependence, deep rootedness. The third characteristic of a life lived abiding in Christ is this, it's diligent repentance. You know, one of those people who stood up was Ev Ingram. I love Ev. Ev, We work with Ev in the office. She is thankful, she is thankful every single day for something. Now, Ev's husband, Vern, was um, always very kind to me. We had a great friendship back in the days before he went to be with the Lord. And uh, amongst other things, we shared a love for silver birch trees, (laughs) of all things. Uh, In fact, um, here are the birches uh, in our front yard at home. This is kind of down the end of our front yard. Uh, Still beautiful, even, aren't they? Even in the sparseness of winter, they have a beauty about them. Well, Vern's garden was far more established than ours, but Vern used to lament with me at the way his silver birches would reach a certain certain level of maturity and then they would die mysteriously. And Vern's theory, which I've never discovered whether it was true or not, but Vern's theory was that over time their roots would hit a layer of salinity that would kill them. They'd sink their roots into something that wasn't actually helpful for them, which would then draw up those nutrients, or in this case, the salt, which would kill the tree. Well, that theory got me thinking about a spiritual parallel. You know, as followers of Jesus, we're in Christ. Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, faith, and we are 
rooted and established in the love of Christ. That's the idea. Uh, that's uh, that beautiful verse in Ephesians 3, rooted and established in the love of Christ. So we need to be careful, don't we, in an ongoing way as we devote ourselves to abiding in Christ, that we're not sinking any of our roots into anything harmful. And where we do recognise that harmful salinity creeping into our system, and you'll feel it in your spirit. As you're in Christ, you're in Christ, but your roots go into something that's not Christ-like. And so you begin to draw something into your system, into your spirit that's not helpful. That can happen just very easily. Um, that's where diligent repentance is required. Let me give you an example from my own recent history that called for some diligent repentance. Uh, a few years ago, I realized that a, a seemingly harmless habit was in danger of becoming harmful. I'd uh, returned from long service leave and uh, I'd sort of gotten into the habit of lying on the couch in the evening and scrolling mindlessly through Instagram reels. Anyone ever do that? Or, uh, no, no one. Okay, I'm the only one. Yeah, sure. It's embarrassing. Some of you who should have put your hands up uh, know how mindlessly addictive that can be. And generally, there's nothing particularly harmful in the content. Uh, not a lot that's particularly redeeming either, I must say. In my case, lots of dogs and cats, you know, doing <laughs> funny things, Seinfeld bloopers, uh, people falling over, uh, you know, the, sort of the mindless things that amuse small minds like mine. But here's what's happened, what happens that's dangerous for men. I can't speak for women. Dangerous for men. A reel comes up, and these things flick through reasonably quickly. That's last often a few seconds each. A reel comes up with a woman in a bikini. Well, that's got you all quiet, hasn't it? <laughs> and if I pause on that reel, or I allow it to play a couple of times, you know, there are then... Uh, some powerful algorithms at work, not to mention spiritual forces, but those, even just those computer-generated algorithms go, ah, you like that picture, do you? Let me show you some more pictures like that. It's absolutely how the system is designed. And so then, before you know it, the bikinis are getting smaller, the activities are getting a little more risque. I'm lying on my couch thinking, I'm not sure how I got here, but I know that I shouldn't be here. And I know that if Margie would look over my shoulder at that moment, she'd definitely be saying, so uh, what are you looking at there, Nick? <laughs> look, if you think pastors are somehow exempt from the temptations common to man, then think again. In fact, in some ways, we're at greater risk. James 3.1, those who preach and teach will be judged more harshly. I was in danger, actually, of allowing roots to sink into a layer of salinity that would be unhealthy. So I shared that with one of my accountability partners in my MP3, and he said, so what are you going to do about that? I said, well, if I delete Instagram off my phone, 
that'll probably work. So that's what I did. It's just such a simple thing, isn't it? But it's an example of diligent repentance. Turn away. Repent. Turn. Just simply means to turn. Turn away from that which is unhelpful. And actually what I've discovered is life is better, actually, because I'm free from that time-wasting hamster wheel. Not suggesting that all social media is evil, by the way. A fair bit of it is, just quietly. (laughs) Repentance is a wonderful gift. It means you can change. It means that you're not stuck. Here's a great quote from Buchanan's book, which is our focus, focus book for this series. He says this, Repentance means what has been does not control what will be. Your past need not derange, deform, or hold ransom your future. It means that the difference between brokenness and wholeness, dirtiness and cleanness, folly and wisdom is one door, the door of repentance. Now, of course, you can't repent in your own strength. You can't transform yourself. I'm not suggesting that for one moment. But true, diligent repentance is a fruit of abiding in Christ. What are you sinking your roots into? What are you filling your mind with? How are you using your time? Jesus says in Luke 9, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Deny themselves. Underline that word deny. Highlight it in your Bible. Deny yourselves. Because there are things we need to deny ourselves of in order to pursue a deeper abiding in Christ. As we turn from one thing, we, don't, we, we, we turn actually to Jesus. From sin to Christ. There are things, therefore, we need to stop doing, stop engaging in, in order to pursue a holy life. And so any practice, any habit you're drawn to that's in danger of becoming addictive can affect your sense of alignment with the things of God and throw you out of your spiritual rhythm and sink spiritual roots into layers of salinity that will harm, if not destroy, your faith. God wants better for you than that. Social media, Netflix, alcohol, certain foods, certain web searches, these are things not all necessarily bad in themselves but can be barriers to deep abiding. And so maybe you've developed some other habits that you need to repent of. Negativity, a critical spirit, maybe you become cynical or just grumpy. Repent. What's in your soil or lacking in it that might be weakening your roots and choking your fruit? Ask yourself this. Am I deep-rooted in Christ? Am I tenaciously dependent? Am I diligently repentant? Ask the Lord about that. Let's talk to him. Let's, Let's do that right now. Lord Jesus, we recognize that truth 
here in John 15 that apart from you, we can do nothing. We read the truth in Philippians 4 that Paul says, in Christ I can do all things. Nothing is impossible for those who are in Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us this morning more of what it means to abide in Christ, to abide in you, to rid our lives of those things that are unhelpful, those things we would, in many cases this morning, be sinking our roots into that actually we know are drawing on a salinity that will destroy the tree. Again, Lord, we thank you for those folk here who, through standing, have demonstrated that they've been faithful to you over many, many years. Others, Lord, who've um, circumstances have taken them in different places, but also have walked with you for many, many years. Keep us faithful, Lord. Keep us diligent. Keep us tenacious in our dependence. And teach us, Lord, we pray, what it means to abide in you. We thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but that you give us that gift of repentance. So even this morning as we're bowed in prayer, I wonder if there are some here this morning who would just want to, just in the privacy of this moment, just say to the Lord, Lord, I, there's something I just want to repent of. Something that I've just become caught up in that I know is not right something I'm sinking my roots into. I know it's not healthy or helpful. I'm embarrassed. But Lord, here and now, Lord, with your help, I want to turn from that thing. I want to repent of it. I want to turn towards you and learn more of what it means to walk in step with your spirit. Teach me, Lord, the unforced rhythms of your grace. Help me. Strengthen me that I might walk with you in a life of deeper rootedness and greater holiness. Help me, Lord, I pray. Lord, thank you that you hear us as we pray. We thank you that you empower us by your Holy Spirit, that you walk with us for these things, we are deeply thankful. And we give thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.